0: Hey there i'm charlie dice and you're listening to the life beyond infertility podcast a podcast devoted to providing information and sharing stories surrounding how to accept your infertility and learning to live a happy fulfilled life beyond it as a life after infertility coach and someone who's personally been through the ups and downs of trying to conceive and passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered to take their lives back and find the joy in them again I believe this area is a crucial missing link in the infertility space, and by talking about it and sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. Welcome back to the Life Beyond Infertility podcast. I'm very excited because today I have another special guest, Anna Olson. She is a life coach, a certified life coach. She works specifically with women who are struggling with the decision to be child free. And she also has an amazing podcast called the We're Not Kidding Podcast. So I'm super excited to have Anna here with us this morning. Anna, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Charlie. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited for this episode because we don't or at least I don't meet many people within the child-free space that are promoting it and and kind of touting all the opportunities that it affords people. So I'm really happy that you're here and I'm happy that our listeners are going to get to to hear from you and, and more about what you do in that space.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: I just want to start by kind of letting you introduce yourself to my listeners and a little bit about your backstory and how you got here.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Well, as Charlie said, I'm Anna. I have been life coaching for about three years now. And I think my life coaching journey definitely paralleled my own sort of child-free journey where it actually started prior. I was, I didn't even know what a life coach was. I was going through a really hard time, one of those rock bottom moments in life. And I remember opening up I think I was at work and I had a job where I could listen to podcasts while I work. So I remember opening Spotify and typing in like how to be happy. And I ended up just like picking one podcast and going with it. And it was really speaking to me. It ended up being a podcast from a life coach. And so I ended up working with her for a little bit. And that was my introduction into life coaching. And then I went on to get certified myself because I was like, whoa, this is so cool. People can do this for like a living. This is amazing because it was the first time in my life where I felt like just sort of my skill set could be used in a job where I feel like I am sort of one of those people who is fortunate that friends and family kind of come to and open up to got to sort of hone those skills even more through life coach training. When I started practicing, I was just kind of general empowerment coaching for women. And then it started to parallel my own journey where I came to realize that I didn't want kids after thinking that I would just one day have kids and kind of making that decision. And it sort of becoming this concrete thing in my life. And then I was like, there have got to be other women out there like me. And so that's when I started to pivot my coaching to other women who don't want kids or navigating the question and speaking it up on my Instagram about that, which felt really scary at first because it still feels sort of taboo sometimes and misunderstood. I think a lot, there's all sorts of judgments and stereotypes that can come with saying you don't want to have kids or you're not going to have kids, whether you want to or not. I think there's a lot, there's a lot of baggage there. So Yeah, that's kind of how I came to where I am now. So I started coaching and then the podcast came next. And then I started a community for people without kids also called We Are Not Kidding.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I know when you and I had talked before the call, you know, the listeners don't know this, but can you talk about your story and my story are very similar in terms of kind of how we grew up and how we maybe didn't always think we wanted kids. I know you touched on that a little bit just now. So you didn't always know you wanted to have children or you knew you didn't. Because I think a lot of women feel that way. But like you said, it's taboo and and we just don't talk about it or it's not what society wants for us women.
1: Yeah. So I grew up in a Catholic family, the youngest of five kids. Really all around me was modeled family, I think, Catholicism especially is very like, that is your duty is to be fruitful and multiply. I know that expands to other religions as well. But I remember as a child being really scared that either the two paths I saw to be a quote unquote good person, because I was, that's what, you know, I was concerned about being a good person. So I saw it was either going to a convent and being a nun Or getting married and having kids. And neither one of them really seemed like great options to me. And I remember, like, as a little kid being worried about that, which is just so wild looking back.
0: Isn't it so crazy that that's where our mind goes and that's how we're brought up? That those are our only two options? That just always seems so bizarre to me.
1: I agree. Yeah. And and then, like, all around me also was just modeled families or... There wasn't really any, not that there weren't any individuals, like looking back now, I'm like, oh, you know, that person, that adult was single and didn't have a family, but it wasn't really something that was talked about or showcased. And then, you know, I went on, I did all the things like babysitting and hated babysitting, but I did it because it was just like the thing you do. I don't know. But I was really fortunate. I never wanted to babysit infants or babies. And so I was fortunate to get jobs that I didn't have to take care of infants or babies because that scared me, still does. Yeah. And then it was like, got married, thought, you know, just one day we'd have kids. It was just sort of the typical, I think, well, maybe not typical, but for us, it was always like, oh, we're not ready. We don't have a house. We don't have the right income. Like there was always an excuse this is not the time when X is in place, then maybe. And so it was just this thing we kept like punting off into the future. And then I finally realized, you know what, like, I don't, we don't have to have kids. Like, that's an option. And it was sort of that light bulb moment that took me until I was like, early 30s to realize, wait a second, kids don't have to be a thing.
0: Yeah, there is that third option, right? Which I don't know why it's, not really advertised to us as women, but yeah, yeah, it does exist. So I'm so glad that you came to that conclusion. And was your husband I mean supportive of it? Did you guys talked about it? Obviously, before you, you know, had gotten married, because that comes up a lot with the listeners. You know, they don't. If one of them doesn't and one of them does want to start a family, just navigating that can be pretty difficult.
1: Yeah. So I think when we had talked about it previously. Because I think we've been married about seven or eight years by the time I realized I didn't want to have kids. And I feel like that's also something that there can be sort of like you, I don't know, shame about, oh, I should have known sooner that I didn't want kids or like before I got down this path with someone. And I think that it's just sometimes you don't know until you know. And, And if we can like relieve ourselves from any additional shame or guilt and- allow ourselves to be human because we're all operating in these societal norms and pressures that are sort of like influencing us and not showing us that third option. So I just feel like my heart goes out to anyone who's like, well, I should have known because it's really hard. It's a really hard decision first of all, especially when it's not widely accepted or or shown to be an option either. But so being that far into a marriage, I did obviously have a discussion with my husband. It was just like, this is where I'm at. I kind of think like, I don't want to have kids. And he's definitely someone who's more on the fence. He would have kids if that was what the person he was with really, really, really wanted. But together, I guess our marriage is what is most important. And being together is like Trump's having kids. Actually, on my own podcast, I had him on as a guest and we talked about it. And I had never asked him in this way before until we were recording. I didn't ask him ahead of the podcast. And I said, like, I was curious if you could quantify it in a number where he sat on like a spectrum of zero to a hundred percent child free. And he's, I think he said most days 90, but some days 80. So turns out that fortunately we're pretty aligned on this decision because he does lean a little more towards loving kids and wanting kids in our lives, we're finding other ways to fill that, like being really present in our niece and nephew's lives or being really present in our friends' little kids' lives and trying to find ways to be a mentor to kids or have that nurturing relationship that we're not going to have in our immediate life.
0: Yeah. And you and I had kind of talked about that before too, where a lot of our biggest mentors growing up we're actually women that didn't have children. Maybe that was like our subconscious kind of directing us that way. But I think it's just so important for little girls and teenagers and even young women to have that sort of, you know, mentor or someone to look up to that doesn't have children that is able to provide different things in different ways than a mother can provide, you know? And so I think that's really, really amazing that you guys are doing that. I mean, we have nine nieces and nephews too.
1: But, wow. You know, if we <laughs>
0: Yeah. If we want to be around kids at any point, we can, and we love doing things with them too. Yeah. And is that something, I mean, turning towards your your coaching, what do you hear the most from your clients in terms of what's the biggest hurdle that they struggle with? Is it making that decision to be child-free or if they know they want to be child-free, is it just kind of trying to, like you said earlier, overcome those judgments and those societal stigmas?
1: yes to all of the above. It is for those who are stuck on the question, do I want kids or not? I have found with all the clients that I've worked with, it is allowing, giving themselves the permission to be child-free because what comes up a lot in broader conversation and sort of societal stigmas is like, you'll regret it. You're going to regret this decision when you're old. That fear really takes hold and that comes up. I would say that's probably one of the biggest most common things across all clients that we end up touching on at some point is that fear of regret. I'm happy with my life now. I don't want kids, but what if I regret it one day? I've had clients who knew they didn't want kids forever as little kids knew they never wanted to have kids. And then there's was sort of an interesting thing where I was noticing clients coming, especially right out of kind of in the pandemic time and especially those who'd always known were struggling or losing hope in humanity because that was a really challenging time and things, I think, got super polarized and they saw having kids all of a sudden in a different light, like, oh, maybe I can create something that gives me hope. It was just sort of, you know, a few months time of struggling with looking for a hope or a purpose and eventually on the other side of that they realized no I really I still don't want kids but I just thought that was a really interesting it happened with you know this wasn't just one person their experience it was multiple people who kind of had that experience through the hard times of the pandemic what if I could create hope for myself and this is one way it could happen but ultimately coming back to no I don't want kids
0: yeah and that's really interesting because I know with my clients too they talk about regret a lot as well. And one of the things I encourage them to do, and I want to ask you this too, is, you know, I encourage them to go find someone that is older, maybe even 20, 30, 40 years older than them so that they can kind of see themselves in that future time frame and talk to the person. Because I know from my experience, none of the people that I have talked to that are in that age group regret it at all. Whether they wanted children and couldn't have them or whether they never wanted children, they don't regret it at all. Has that been your experience as well?
1: Yeah, it has. Actually, I've been really fortunate. You know, I love that social media has sort of opened up this ability for people to be like, at least for me, it did. And I think that it has for others. Whereas like, it's hard to talk about maybe with those close to us for fear of judgment, of rejection. If we're not quite sure how that person is going to respond to the fact that we can't or don't want kids. And social media is where I started talking about it openly before I even maybe did so with certain individuals in my close circle. And that freedom, I think, to find others who get it and who connect around the world has been incredible and has allowed me to find, like, I'm very fortunate. I do have a really Two people that I are like role models, sort of adopted parents to me, and they've been on my podcast. They're in their 70s and they decided early on they didn't want kids. I think they were the first ones who sort of showed me that that was a life choice you could make. I was fortunate to have them and not only in my life, but also have them as guests on the podcast. And they have, they are the first to say, like, yes, we have no regrets. And if anything, they will usually find themselves thanking each other for not having kids, you know, after being out in public and seeing kids and just being reminded of what that life could have looked like. Speaking up on Instagram, connected me with incredible woman, Marsha Drett Davis. She goes by the handle Guru on Instagram. She is, I want to say 80, and she is also childfree by choice and outspoken about it, She also is one who has absolutely no regrets, loves her life, and is just an incredible example. So I do think that as confident as I am, I know that I don't want kids to the point that I have made it a permanent choice in my body by getting sterilized. And still, I just want to say that it's okay to have doubts. Like as someone who's as sure as I am, who's taken that step, who coaches, who talks about this, has made this a major part of my life. There are moments where I, you know, those external voices and pressures kind of still sink in sometimes. And I need those people like Marcia and my friends, Lee and Lindsay, who are like, yeah, no regrets. This is a good life. And I'm just so grateful for those inspirational voices out there.
0: Yeah. And to touch on what you just said, hopefully it brings a lot of comfort to other women to know that, you know, really, no matter what life stage you're at, the consensus is that we don't regret it. And yeah. two, like finding those people and even realizing that even us as coaches who are in this space and hear this day in and day out, I mean, I was very much on the fence and I went back and forth and back and forth for years, even while I was going through my infertility and thinking, you know, am I doing the right thing? Is this really what I want? And then it was like, you yeah, I do really want this. I hope this time works. I love that you said it's okay to have doubt no matter where you're at in this journey or how long you've made the decision. So hopefully women take comfort in that too, just knowing that that's completely normal. There's nothing wrong with it, but ultimately you made the right decision for you, whatever that was. Thank you for saying that. I want to touch on, we've been talking like child-free a lot. And that's kind of a buzzword, at least in my experience in this space. And what does it, I'm just curious, like from your perspective, what does it mean for you when someone says child-free?
1: To me, it means someone who doesn't have kids and who embraces that about their life. Yeah, I, I think that is the essence of it to me.
0: That's exactly how I feel about it as well. I'm glad that you didn't say someone that doesn't want children or never wanted children. My experience with my clients, that's not the case. They don't feel that way. They don't identify that way. Is that what you find with your clients as well?
1: Yeah. And I've been really fortunate to connect with other women who have been such inspirations to me as well, who did have a fertility journey and an infertility journey and I find those women incredibly inspiring, like yourself, who come out the other side and embrace not having kids. There is a whole emotional journey. There is a, I mean, there's so many layers to that experience. And I really admire and look up to those women who are like, you know what, this is my life and I'm going to find the joy and the beauty in it. I know that some people can sort of gatekeep these terms like, no, if you have an infertility backstory, then you are childless. You're not child free. And I think that this experience is too nuanced to just be childless and child free. I don't even know that we have quite the language to really encapsulate anyone's experience because I probably wouldn't, by some standards, fit the child free definition either. If someone is very like, to be child free, you always, you had to always know you didn't want kids. This is like something you just have known because that wasn't my story. I thought I would one day have kids. And then coming to the decision, realized that no, I never wanted them. And I made sense to myself retrospectively. Like growing up, I would hear an older sister and and other women be like, oh, baby fever and like these things. And it was like, that was never my experience. I was just like, one day that'll come. I'm sure like I'm a late bloomer in all ways. And so like, that's just coming, but it never did. And so when I made the decision, I'm like, oh, that was just never going to be my experience. And that's okay. So sorry, I'm rambling a little bit. But what I'm trying to say is I don't think that myself fits what some people would say is child-free. If we live by those extreme definitions, excludes so many people, so many people's experiences. It's kind of a spectrum. Yeah. I like where I think you come from too, where it's just like, if you identify with a term and embrace it, then people need to respect what you say you are and not try to Push people into categories.
0: Yeah, everything you said, I was just getting goosebumps and wanted to just shout into the screen, like, yes, amen, you know, because <laughs> it's so true. Like, exactly what you said. I mean, if we just look at the two polar extremes of those childless and child free definitions, exactly what you said, I mean, it leaves out millions of women that don't have that concrete, exact experience that fits into that box. I wish that people wouldn't gatekeep those terms so much. People on social media, I mean, we all know can be very judgmental and especially about a topic that is so personal and so sensitive to your own experience. I think that really does a disservice to us as women, as a community, as well as the people that have lived these experiences. And I think, you know, you can't tell someone they can't identify as something if they've lived it, right? Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting to me because you're, like I said, we're both in the child-free space. And I think that we both feel like to us, it means embracing this lifestyle and the opportunities that it affords us. And I think that's perfectly okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Just like there's nothing wrong with it. If someone thinks that they identify as someone who never wanted children, like that's okay too. So I kind of want to pivot just a little bit into your coaching program and your podcast so, within your coaching program, how do you structure it to help women or men who come to you, you know, that want or need support in that area?
1: So, I found that over the three years of doing it, I've kind of found that eight weeks seems to be a sweet spot where most people come to clarity. And honestly, I would say for a lot of the clients that come to me, it's usually within like the first couple of weeks. And then the rest of it, we're just spending time sort of like setting up more foundations for them to like stay rooted in this. Because I think that it's not just making the decision that is important. It's also kind of having a realistic understanding that, you know what? I might have periods of doubt. These things might happen, but how do I stay grounded and connected to my truth even when things are pulling me out of it? That's kind of what we do in the rest of the time. And to really help them, I think, leave the coaching experience feeling good, feeling confident and feeling ready for whatever comes. And that's not to say that they could change their mind. And I hope that what I do with people is set them up to just like, I like to do values-based coaching, so we look at what are your values and sort of really who are you as a person, and that's their anchor. That's what they come back to, and maybe for some, that does mean 10 years down the road, maybe they do decide they want kids, and that's right, but it's really getting them in touch with themselves because I think that the root of what this type of coaching requires is taking off all the layers of external and societal pressures and getting to the core of what the individual wants and who they are and what's right for them and their life. Yeah. Anyway, so eight weeks, that's what I found. And I'm someone who is like, if my client comes in there, it's like week six and they're like, you know, I know we have two weeks left, but I'm feeling really good. Then I'm like, great. I'm very much client directed. I am the mirror and they are the ones in the driver's seat. But yeah, typically eight weeks. I just love it. It's <laughs> it's such an honor to be a witness to someone else's journey and to be able to hold that space for them. As you know, yeah, it's one of the, the biggest privileges, I think, of my life to be able to do this work. I hope I've answered your question. <laughs>
0: Yes, no, that was perfect. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. I mean, there's nothing in my life that's been as fulfilling as seeing these women journey from sometimes their rock bottom to, okay, I can do this. Like I found something to hold on to again, and I can find happiness and peace and fulfillment and all that. It's just exactly like you said, it's just the best feeling in the world. Just knowing, like, I mean, I think my whole purpose with this podcast, I don't know about your podcast, but it's just getting the information out there that there is someone that can support you through this. Because you say something on your website, too, that I always tell my clients and I think is really important. You know, we're coaches. We're not therapists. I'll let you talk about that. But it's very, very true. And I want the listeners and everybody out there to know that this is a very specific type of support. Yeah, we're not therapists. I'll let you kind of jump on that.
1: Yeah. So the reason I find that that is important to kind of make a distinction and that's not to say that you can't also have a dual support system at the same time. I have worked with a lot of people who also have a therapist at the same time that we're doing our work together. But the, the most simplistic way I like to think about it is like a therapist. And this is, this is oversimplifying it. Therapists, I think, do a incredible amount of like array of work with people, but therapists are going to be more able to dig into your past to look at root faces of trauma or, you know, the things that you're going through and help you understand by looking through your past and then coming forward. Whereas I think a coach picks up when you're at baseline and we're goal oriented. So we're looking towards the future and we're just holding you accountable to the things that you say you want and the things that you're working to resolve. So it doesn't mean that we can't Sessions can be very emotional, but it isn't going to be that sort of looking at the roots of things. It is more action oriented and looking forward. And not to say that therapists don't also expand into that, but that is just hopefully clear as mud. Hopefully it gives a little bit of clarity around what I mean when I say coaches are not therapists.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. Obviously, I have been in therapy myself over the years, and I've had a lot of very competent, amazing therapists. It definitely, like you said, if you need that dual support system, by all means, please do that. You know, it is different as a coach. And I think we can offer something quite specific and maybe, like you said, more goal oriented and Future base, which is really cool, because then we get to see their journey from base point, from baseline, yeah, or whatever. But
1: exactly, yes, totally.
0: I love that too, because it kind of you know transitions into what you do on your podcast. I mean, I've been a listener, and it's an amazing podcast. And we'll we'll tell everybody about it in the show notes at the end. It's so positive, and the guests that you have on are just the stories they tell and the perspectives that they offer is just really unique. Not like anything else I've ever you know heard in the podcast space. So kudos to you for, for offering that to the world. Yeah. Can you kind of tell us a little bit of how you got into the podcasting side of it once you became a coach?
1: Thank you. That is the biggest compliment. I'm very honored and thank you for your support. I totally appreciate it. I, even before I wanted to be a coach, for some reason, I had always had this dream of having a podcast. And that was just it. I was just like, I want to have a podcast. I don't know what it's going to be. And I don't even know where that desire really came from. But once I was coaching and then I'd sort of honed in on this child free thing, I felt very passionate about what we need because what makes this So difficult is the lack of people speaking about it and hearing stories. So I felt very drawn to, okay, if I can get people to come open up and share their stories, You know, the more stories out there we have, the more there are elements that people will identify. You know, you're not going to listen to someone's story and be like, that's me verbatim. But the more you're going to hear pieces that relate to you from a myriad of stories. And so that was my dream. And that is, it is really just sharing the stories of people who, who aren't kidding, who don't have kids. Yeah, and I
0: absolutely love the title of that. It's so fun and so unique. I want to respect your time, but I want to thank you again so much for being a part of this show and sharing your story and offering your support to the space. Where can people find you if they want more information about your coaching program, the podcast, you know, everything? How can they get a hold of you?
1: Well, thank you, first of all, for this opportunity and then for being willing to share that as well. So my website is AnnaOlson.com. That's A-N-N-A-O-L-S-O-N.com. And not to be confused with a celebrity baker from California or not California, Canada. There's an Anna Olson in Canada.
0: So don't ask (laughs) Um, you for a bake cake or anything.
1: (laughs) Right. Yes, I have accidentally gotten some of her emails, but that seems to be sorted now because she's .ca and for Canada. And then also Instagram, I am Coach Anna Olson. What am I? I think I'm Coach Anna Olson. Yeah, Coach Anna Olson. Okay, yeah. We'll put it in the show notes too so that you know what it is. (laughs) So that's where I hang out and there are links to the podcast and the community I run as well in both those places.
0: I want to talk about your community a little bit as a last thing. So kind of explain to the listeners what that is and if they're interested, how they can be a part of that.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So the We're Not Kidding Club is run by, it's a Mighty Networks platform, but what that allows is for us to have our own space that's not Facebook, that's not Instagram, where we can have sort of these just open conversations about being child free without other people misconstruing what we mean when we say we don't want kids. It's a positive space. So it's not a space to bash parents or bash children. It is really just a space to connect with other people who get it and support each other. We do things like Winnie Wednesdays where we just like have a post and we share a recent win of the week that we're proud of and we wanna celebrate with each other. And we have weekly coffee chats, which are very casual. Just drop in, say hi, meet other members on Zoom. There's a book club that my dear friend Kai has been instrumental in. She is the host of it. And we're doing this like summer romance reading challenge, which is super fun. And it brings back nostalgia from when I was little. And I did like the reading challenges at my library and i get like a free pizza or a t-shirt anyways. I'm
0: gonna say, i going to say, I need to sign up for that. You have to send me the info <laughs> for that because I'm a huge reader yeah. and yeah, I would love that.
1: Yeah. Oh, good. Yes, I will send you the info. It's super fun. It's just a community of child free people.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Anna, thank you again so much for being here and sharing your story and your journey and all the things that you've got going on to support women in this space. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And I hope to have you back on and return the favor on your podcast.
1: Yes, I'm so excited to have you. And thank you so much. It's an absolute honor to be a guest on your podcast. And I have loved every second I'm getting to talk with you. So thank you.
0: I wish you all the best in your journey and keep doing what you're doing because it's amazing. Thank you again.
1: Thanks. Right back at you.
0: If you like this episode, be sure to download, subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. It really helps the show and helps me know the exact information my listeners want to talk about. For more information on accepting infertility and finding happiness beyond it, visit my website, www.charliedice.com. That's Charlie spelled C-H-A-R-L-I-E, Dice, D-I-C-E, dot com. Stay tuned for next week's episode.